Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. (laughs) Penance. Written by Andy Conduit Turner. Narrated by Persephone Rose. Thud. With a start and a sharp intake of breath, James's eyes snapped open in the dark of his bedroom. A dim glow emanated from decorative stars which adorned his ceiling. He was beyond the days of needing the stars or any other type of nightlight, but he still found them comforting. After a few moments taking in the glow of the dark cosmos, James began to listen for signs of activity in the house. Everything was quiet. No muffled TV sounds from downstairs or voices from his parents' room to indicate they were still awake. Just the gentle ticking of the clock on his bedside table. Tick, tick, tick. It was a sound he soon regretted allowing himself to tune into as each passing tick seemed to stir him further from sleep and pique his curiosity about the time. Tick, you awake? Tick, what time is it? Tick, you should check. 
After enduring the nagging of the clock for what seemed like forever, James gave in. In one swift movement, his left hand forsook the warmth of his bedding to grab the clock from the bedside table and drew it close enough to read the time. The smug smile of the caped superhero, his arm serving as the hands of the clock, greeted him and quickly answered his question. Tick, it's 3.17. Tick, a.m. Tick, you should be asleep. Groaning, James placed the alarm clock back onto his bedside table and, gripping his duvet in one hand, rolled over, turning his back to the clock and its reminders of the late hour. As he settled into his adjusted position, he glanced at the other side of his room as he was closing his eyes, only to notice his bedroom door was closed. With a mix of discomfort and irritation, James flung his bedding aside and made his way across the room to correct the situation. Like the stars on his ceiling, it wasn't that he needed it to be open or anything, he just preferred it that way. The soft pile of the carpet on his bare feet served to calm his agitation somewhat in the few paces it took to reach the door. Placing his hands on the cool metal handle, he slowly and gently pulled the door back to his preferred position, the hinges releasing a faint whine. Pausing, James ran his tongue across his teeth inside his mouth before smacking his lips as he thought to himself, maybe a drink of water. En route to the kitchen, James moved down the hall from his own room towards the stairs. He was surprised to see his parents' bedroom door ajar. Not wishing to either wake anyone and be quizzed as to what he was up to at 3 a.m., or worse yet, see things like he saw last time he wandered into his parents' room after lights out, he kept his eyes forward and quietly swept past the door and down the stairs. Upon stepping through the kitchen door, James immediately noticed a slight chill in the room. The fluorescent tube in the ceiling hummed for a moment. It flashed a couple of times and then bathed the kitchen in its harsh light, revealing the source of the cold to be the door leading out into the back garden, which was wide open. Closing the door without a thought, James moved over to the sink to get his water. As the tap ran, he stared vacantly out of the window. Everything looked very still, like a motionless moonscape, the lawn clear of anything save for an idle football. Visibility towards the back of the garden was lower as the light from the kitchen window dissipated, so all that could be seen was a small square of light from the window of his dad's shed come workshop. Wait, why was the workshop light on? Swells of fear began to build in James's stomach as thoughts of Draculas, Freddy Kruegers, and other monsters that come out in the dead of night to eat kids who are stupid enough to be out of bed began to run riot. His immediate thought was to run upstairs and wake his parents. Abandoning the water, he set the glass on the side, switched off the tap, and made for the door before stopping himself. Taking a deep breath and closing his eyes, he did something he'd seen his mom do and had a word with himself. Come on now, James. One, there are no such things as monsters. And two, you're ten now. You can't go running to mom and dad for everything. Just head out there. Hit the light, and then you can head back to bed and tell mom and dad in the morning. <laughs> I can tell dad off for leaving lights on around the house. In the best impression of his dad's serious voice he could muster, 
he mock reprimanded. Came down for a drink last night, like bloody Walsall illuminations down here was. He laughed to himself and, having made up his mind, turned and marched to the back door. His bravado lasted only as long as his walk across the lawn and began to wane as he reached the shed door. Pausing with his hand on the latch, James was about to close his eyes to give himself another talking to when a whisper caught his attention. It was so quiet that it was barely audible even in the silence of a still night, but it was also unmistakable. James! Dad? James, forgetting his hesitation, threw open the shed door. He wasn't the least prepared for the sight that awaited him. Not a monster of any kind, but his dad. He was slumped directly opposite the door, in a white plastic garden chair. The vest that he always wore for bed was soaked with deep red stains. Blood. Deep slashes on both of his limp arms also bled freely, the streams ending at his fingers and dripping into pools at each side of the chair. His head lolled backwards. He couldn't see his face as it was covered by a supermarket carrier bag held tight by loops of silver duct tape around his neck. Before he could take in any other detail, let alone speak, a soft yet deliberate voice to his left and deeper into the workshop grabbed his attention. You should be in bed. Turning, James found himself face to face with a man he'd never met before, quite a bit taller than his dad, with a long, untidy beard and hair. His shirt and filthy camouflage jacket were both streaked in blood. In one red-stained hand, he held a hand drill, the little manual one James's dad let him practice drilling holes into scrap pieces of wood with. The man didn't look angry or surprised. He simply looked at James casually and slowly gave an awkward smile, revealing a set of uneven, brown-stained teeth. James stood silent and petrified as the motionless man began to make a strange sound, a low, monotone, guttural growl that started low but began to grow louder as the man stared almost right through him. Suddenly, the wordless standoff was broken as the man reached out his hand and lunged at James, breaking his terror-driven catatonic state. Turning, he bolted out of the door. The lawn morphed before his eyes, from the small square of tranquil green he'd walked confidently across moments ago to a tumultuous, writhing grass ocean. The house now seemingly an insurmountable distance away, but the sound of a gentle, sinister voice behind him pushed him onwards. Should have stayed in bed, James. Sprinting for his life, the world seemed to sink into slow motion, each stride granting him less progress than the one before, each blade of grass taking on a new, insidious purpose to bind his feet as he ran in an attempt to slow or trip him. He looked up at the clear night sky. Amongst the stars, he saw the image of the clock from his room, the hands pointing at unseen numbers and bringing the ticking back to the forefront of James's mind. Tick should have stayed in bed. Tick should have gone back to sleep. Looking over his shoulder, James caught a glimpse of the man exiting the shed. A moment was all he needed. Turning back, he ran as hard as he could for the house, slamming the back door behind him, and increasingly blinded by tears of panic, the house seemed to pass around him as he scrambled desperately to reach his mom upstairs. He shouted for her as he ran, Mom! Mom! She didn't answer. 
and as he rounded the corner to her room, he quickly understood why. His mom lay on top of the bed covers, legs oddly contorted at unnatural angles for sleeping, and a pillowcase, soaked red, bound around her head. The discarded pillow casually tossed onto the bedroom floor, along with a hammer. All James could do was look on with despair as he recalled the thud that woke him what felt like a lifetime ago. I didn't mean for you to see that, James. Firm hands gripped him by the shoulders, and he was dragged away from his mother, the last horrible view of her he'd ever see. He didn't have it in him physically or mentally to struggle as he was dragged limply back into his room and thrown effortlessly onto his bed. Through his tears, he made out the glow of the stars on his ceiling before they were eclipsed by the face of the man from the shed as he stood over him, looking almost sad. I came to your room first. I was going to let you sleep, but now... The man unclipped a power drill from a tool belt with one blood-stained hand, picking up one of James's pillows with the other. James's eyes widened as he opened his mouth to scream, only to be stifled before he managed to make a sound. Plunged into darkness and struggling to breathe with his pillow pushed heavily onto his face, James strained to hear increasingly distant sounds barely perceptible above the blood rushing through his ears and the pounding of his own heart. It wasn't unlike the ticking of the clock. Tick in the distance, he heard a muffled whirring sound. Tick, his eyes closed. He imagined the stars. Tick at his stomach. He felt his nightshirt twist and rip. Tick. James Dawson awoke screaming in his cell, with tears running down his cheeks and gripping his stomach. He thrashed and clawed at himself in an attempt to locate and cover his injuries for several seconds before reality set in, and he collapsed back onto his cot, staring at the ceiling. There were no stars. In nearby cells, other prisoners experienced their own nightmares. Their memories and guilt turned inward as each night they found themselves recast as victims of their own crimes. Next door, serial abuser Rory Alpine lay desperately awake, trying to avoid dreams of a trusted relative stealing quietly into his room to whisper about secrets and do things that felt wrong. Across the hallway, Joanna Fleur tossed and turned as a dream of a meal prepared by a loving husband began to burn after she swallowed and hidden ingredients began to dissolve her from the inside out. Down the hallway, former Sergeant Richard Temper woke gasping and began sobbing for forgiveness, following dreams of interrogation for information he didn't have, which escalated to torture and murder. The specifics in each of the cells on Test Ward A were all different, but the results were all identical. This concludes our video presentation. A cheerful voice stated as the video feeds from the test ward gave way to the corporate-branded screensavers and the lights were returned to their standard levels. 
A selection of suited officials sitting around the presentation table looked towards the speaker standing at the front of the room, some scribbling a few final notes and observations on pads with logos matching the screensaver. Assured he had their attention, the speaker continued. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, the government spend on prisons is ballooning year on year and reoffending rates continue to rise. Prisons in their current format are failing as both a deterrent and a method of rehabilitation. Through the technical portion, we've already illustrated that Dr. Townley and his team's neural mapping breakthroughs combined with Professor May's quantum robotic delivery hardware are allowing us to harness the subconscious of some of the most hardened, uncooperative, and unrepentant criminals to fundamentally change their long-term outcomes. Our case studies show inmates who laugh at imprisonment and reject all attempts to rehabilitate them, beginning to show remorse and engage with reformation activities as quickly as two weeks following the beginning of the program. With your investment, support, and a simple non-invasive procedure, we can install a conscience in any offender and revolutionize the justice system. Questions? I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Penance was written by Andy Conduit Turner, narrated by Persephone Rose, edited by Carl Hughes, music by Tom Robson. If you'd like to find more about Andy's writings and goings on, then you can check out his work over at Horde Comics. You can keep up to date with their upcoming releases on either at Horde Comics on Twitter or Andy's own account at SuperAndyT8. So, if you've got a story in you and you fancy having it professionally produced and narrated and put out there for the other stories audience, then go to www.hawkandcleaver.com forward slash submissions and read through the details there. Once again, we look forward to seeing what dark and twisted fantasies lie within that pretty little noggin of yours. Until next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.